improve their communication skills so they can help more people and help people more. I'm your host Dr Martin Harvey. I'm a chiropractor and I'm an expert in communicating the value of chiropractic. Today on Under the Influence I'm going to be tackling a big issue that is success in practice. Why is it that one person can graduate from chiropractic there were people in my class in chiropractic college who seemed to be the best adjusters at that time who seemed to be the smartest people who then haven't gone on to really do that much in practice whereas there's other people who at the time were I would never have picked them to be super successful who have gone on to have great practices where they've helped lots of people and had a great time doing it so the area of success there's a lot of opinion about it so what I want to do is sort of cut past the opinion to the science what does the research show leads to success to long-term success so that we can tease apart and find out what are the actual important levers that we can push what are the things that we can do the actions that we can take if we want to be more successful in practice and we're going to be talking our way through that now interestingly this topic was prompted not by a question so much about success but a question about what I thought somebody should do if they were looking for an associate. How do you get an associate who is going to be with you long term and is going to be successful both in terms of their in their personal success but success for helping the practice grow and also being somebody that's nice to work with. So I'm going to uh, sort of add that in. So we're going to be talking both what it would take for you to be successful but also how can you tell that somebody else is likely to be successful based on the science. All right, back to that in a minute. A few announcements. The Communication to Improve Patient Care workshop in partnership with the UCA is coming up in just a couple of weeks' time. It's on November the 21st and 24th in the evening time, UK time. Uh, It is via webinar, so you can join from anywhere in the world. And you don't have to be live on it. You can do it via the recordings unless you are in the UK and want to use your participation in the workshop to satisfy the GCC direction to do learning with others regarding communication, in which case you need to be live on the calls. Retention Recipe 2.0 is up and live. I've promoted it on lots of previous episodes, so I'm going to just do a quick one here. Um, Probably the best way, if you're at least curious, is to watch the pre the free preview lessons. It gives you an idea of the flavour of what the program is like, see whether it's right for you or not. If it is, it's pretty simple, just sign up and then you are on the inside. There's seven and a half hours of content there. So there's uh, months of work for you to implement in terms of getting the first 12 visits of your practice done in a way that's going to set things up for people to see the value of long-term care. Uh, we will be having a implementation webinar within that group, the Retention Recipe group, in a couple of weeks' time. So now is a really cool time to sign up if you've been on the fence about it. So, success. The elusive success. How do we get it? Um, so, if I look at the questions that prompted me to 
dwell on this deep dive today. There was the one that I mentioned about what should somebody look for if they wanted to have a good long-term associate relationship. And the other were a couple of questions from chiropractors who felt like they had a strong desire to be more successful in practice, but kind of didn't know quite how to go about it. One was fairly early on in practice. Um, they were almost two years in practice and they were coming out of a, an associateship that didn't work and into a new associateship, but they really wanted to not, they had a feeling that they'd kind of wasted a bit of the last year and what could they be doing to really set themselves up to help more people and make the most of the opportunity that they had. Um, another chiropractor had been in practice for 11 years and just felt a bit stuck. They wanted to have a higher level of success but didn't really kind of know where to focus their efforts. So when we're talking about looking for associates, I kind of see that there's two basic models that can work or uh, happen in chiropractic. The first one is one where you're sort of setting up a business system and the associates are to some degree interchangeable. Um, so they're often practices that have a strong focus on external marketing and the chiropractors are often fairly new graduates. They come in for a contract of two or three years and often will leave after that because it's a pretty transactional kind of model. Um, I don't really know a lot about that model and so I'm not really going to be speaking to that model when I'm talking about associateships in today's episode. The one that I am, I've used within my practice is one where we're looking really to have a to grow an organic associate practice so the the practice is set up where the uh, associate is has individual relationships with the people that they're taking care of the people in the practice um, and we're looking for something that is going to be a win-win long term so it's a win for the practice in that we've got somebody who's there and it has the competency to take care of people who are used to seeing me. So we're, we're essentially looking at people who grow a uh, mature practice where they're providing care at a really high level and the, the remarkability of the experience that they're creating is creating growth within the community. So if we look at the science of success there's really two books that I think are um, there's a third one that I'm not going to be uh, talking about so much today which is so good they can't ignore you or the talent code um, so that's not a third book that's a third and fourth which are books that really what does it take to be world-class at anything and really the short version of them is that you've got to chunk skills down and have deep practice but sort of above that there's two books that I think are super important in terms of predicting what is likely to uh, predicting whether you are likely to be successful and um, if in the context of an associate predicting whether an associate that you hire is likely to be successful. The first is uh, having a growth mindset. So these ideas come from the book Mindset by Carol Dweck. And really cool book, really interesting book. But if we look at it really in very simple terms, I'm going to give you the one minute summary that I think is the most important part of it. 
which is within the book, um, Carol discerns between kind of two attitudes to growth and develop and to, to talent really to um, to whether you're going to be good at something the fixed mindset and a growth mindset and a fixed mindset really has the view that talent is everything um, so if you're not good at something straight away then you're not likely to be good at it the people who are good adjusters started off as good adjusters like I'm not a coordinated person I'm not a strong person the people who are good communicators, well, they're just naturally talented that way. I, I've never been a good communicator. I've never been able to persuade people. I've never felt good about speaking in front of a group. Therefore, I'm doomed to failure. I can't ever be good in that area. Um, so this idea that, well, because I, I am this way, I'm always going to be this way. Whereas people with a growth mindset believe that it's possible to change, that you can get better at things. Um, now, I've seen people where the growth mindset is just universal. They believe that they can be better. They can, with work and effort and uh, and time, can get better at almost everything. Um, and then I've seen people who have a fixed mindset about just about everything. And then I've seen people where they have a growth mindset in some areas and a uh, fixed mindset in others but bottom line is that the more that we can develop a growth mindset particularly in areas that are likely to impact our success the more likely we are to be successful in those areas so uh, it's a really empowering mindset and we're going to loop back and talk a little bit more about that once we've mapped out the next part of it so the next book that I think gives us a really big insight into why some chiropractors are more successful over the long term than others is the um, book Grit. Now, um, the book Grit um, is uh, by uh, Angela Duckworth, who's an academic, um, she's a psychologist, um, has a really interesting backstory where um, she was pretty much sort of told by her dad that she was would never be a genius she just wasn't that smart um, but then I guess sort of ironically in the end got a MacArthur genius grant and she got it essentially by approaching uh, applying effort over a long period of time so I love uh, there's one key thing that I think is really important that sort of ties in with the ideas from um, mindset which is that effort is really effort over time is really the most important determinant of skill and she has a really cool way of mapping it out um, it, before we get to that though it, there's a really interesting paradox when it comes to our attitude to between this uh, I guess sort of difference between is success in an area to do with talent or work over time often when people are interviewed we say oh it's to do with work but we, have, we seem to have a really strong cultural bias to actually deep down believing it's to do with talent. So um, one of the, re the studies that Angela talks about in the book is the, a study where they um, played a uh, musical composition to um, experts, uh, music experts, and they said one was a performance done by a uh, musician who was just a phenomenal talent. They were um, had had no 
formal training but just were extremely talented and the second one was from somebody who started off with no real talent but had worked for years and years and years and years um, to develop their skills and craft and there was a the interesting results of the research was that the experts rated the one coming from the ostensibly talented person much higher than the one done by the person who just worked hard the hook in the story though is that they were the same recording um, so I know this is one just one example there's a lot more in the book but essentially we tend to have this bias that talent is more important than effort um, whereas once you unpack it it's um, achievements actually more predicted or more by the level of effort that you've put in and she talks about it having because of two sort of pathways of impact um, so you have whatever level of talent that you have for let's use two examples that are likely to have a big impact on chiropractic your adjusting skill or your chiropractic success your adjusting skills and your communication skills so you have whatever natural talent innate talent that you started with um, in that area and then in terms of then developing the skill of adjusting and this or the skill of achievement it's essentially the formula that um, Angela talks about is that your skill is to do with the talent times your effort um, so as you apply more effort you get to sort of polish your talent and it increases your skill level now the interesting part about it um, is that the amount of effort that you then apply to that skill determines your achievement so sort of two formulas there talent times effort gives equals skill and then a net, the next formula is skill times effort equals achievement um, but if you actually look at that formula then effort is counting twice it's counting once for skill and once for achievement but that actually doesn't mean that it's double as important because if you look at them as multiplying effects it is actually talent times effort squared and it gives you your achievement so your effort is exponentially more important than how talented you are particularly if we look at things over time so most of us are in chiropractic for years I'm over 30 years now and I believe I started off with a certain level of talent whatever that was but by applying effort over time um, I'm able, I've been able to improve those levels of uh, achievement in, an, in what, those areas and that has led to whatever level of success that I have so the next question behind that then is if we've got to look at if we deconstruct it and I look at the answers to the, the questions that I've given so far to the people who are asking what should I be doing to be more successful in practice the short version is you kind of got to put some effort in to an area now it could be an adjusting area or clinical area or in terms of my area of uh, expertise I think putting effort into communication skills is an inordinately impactful area particularly if you're prepared to do it over the long haul so if you're going to be putting in effort over the long haul how do you stay motivated to do that because part of what you know we we're talking right back at the beginning how is it that one chiropractor do say two chiropractors go to the same seminar and one comes out and it's a pivot point where they go on to 
um, get a greater level of success from it. And the other person, they had a nice weekend, but nothing really changed. Um, Angela Duckworth in Grit talks about the, the two things that you need to combine are some sort of big dream, um, some, a vision of something that's meaningful to you and can inspire you for a long time. I want to have a, a this size practice that's got this level of impact in the community. Um, but then that can be very abstract unless you tie it to some thing that you're going to be doing on a daily basis to move towards that, um, to help you get wins, to make pro- to see that you're making progress and stay motivated. And if you have one, if you have the, the daily goals without the big vision, or you have the big vision without the daily goals, then they're going to be a bit meaningless. Um, so either way, you want to have both. Now, exactly how you uh, go about determining what the big vision is for you is a topic for another day. Um, But the small achievable daily goals, if you are looking at, uh, say, communication, then all I'm really looking at is it might not be daily, but I would be looking at a couple of times a week. I'm going to do the uncomfortable work of practicing a communication skill, whether that's, say, in the retention recipe 2.0, working on your ability to do a report of findings, work on bridging and those sort of things, or another area that I think is super important important is, um, and in fact, the area that I think is one of the most important determinants of long-term success in practice is the ability to handle difficult situations. So I'm going to come back and talk more about that. But in the context of a small achievable goal, I would be looking at working on my skill to handle the difficult situations in practice um, a couple of times a week in a structured practice kind of way. All right. So if we loop back to what we've spoken about, we've spoken about uh, a little bit about associateships, but more than that, we've spoken about whether you're an associate, whether you're you're looking at this as yourself as a a chiropractor, the biggest thing that is going to determine your success is, first of all, your attitude to whether you can change. Do you have a growth mindset? And um, the growth mindset is really the idea that I can improve in this area if I put effort over a long period of time. Now, there's more to it. Um, With a growth mindset, people will tend to embrace challenges. They'll see that effort is a path to mastery. They're open to criticism. They'll persist in the face of setbacks. And so if this is something that you feel like, oh, I often don't have that, then I certainly think reading Carol Dweck's book, Mindset, can be a really useful toolkit to improve your uh, or upgrade your level of growth mindset and persistence in particular. And then I love um, Angela Duckworth's book, Grit, because it really is an empowering message that you, you need to just do two simple things. Get a big picture of what success looks like that will be compelling and motivating over the long term and then set a practice schedule to get better at stuff so it ties into that growth mindset. So the last piece of the puzzle is, well, what should you work on? And I kind of sprinkled in a few options there. Um, you probably have areas that you feel like you would like to improve on. And to some degree... I don't think it matters so much what you work on as the fact that you are working on getting better because remarkability 
comes in many different flavors. You can be a remarkably good diagnostician, you know, somebody who can tell exactly what is going on with somebody to a high degree and that mastery is palpable and people will are more likely to recommend somebody who has a high level of skill in knowing what is going on in difficult uh, clinical circumstances. I think that communication skills are a superpower and they enable any other skill you have to be more perceived by the other person as well as because communication skills at least in the model that I teach are mainly engagement based they're based about understanding the other person first that they are um, a superpower in getting helping people more because we understand what going on for them and what their values are etc um, so I would encourage you that if communication skills are an area that you feel like you could do better in to um, take action from today's discussion and set practice times that you're going to work on them and uh, work on a particular area now if you're like I don't know I just know I need to be better at communication I don't know where to start I would suggest the ability to handle difficult situations is the fastest track to improving your communication skills because bottom line, great practices are made on the days where it isn't easy um, and the better your ability to handle things when somebody has a reaction, when somebody says something that's critical of chiropractic, the, the, it creates a, your, a willingness in you to talk to more people about chiropractic which drives growth it also creates uh, a confidence in practice that is palpable to people and makes them more likely to stay with you and also recommend you to others so if you want to take that at a big level then check out the um, difficult situations workshop by webinar I'll have the link in the show notes if you just want to put your foot a little bit into that there's a bunch of previous episodes where we I've unpacked how you handle difficult situations or situations as they're often said in the the, sh the titles of the episodes bottom line is getting really good at things like permission and yes and approaches to communications all right let's loop back right around this and look at the answer to the original question was what would I look for in an associate and Essentially, I'm looking for an associate who, first of all, has a growth mindset. They can have whatever level of current talent or skill that they currently have, but I know if they have a growth mindset, then they're going to be open to coaching. They're going to be open to uh, well-crafted criticism of areas that their achievement isn't up to standard yet, and they're going to be willing to put in the work um, and actually be engaged in putting in the effort over time that translates whatever talent that they have to a high level of skill and the effort to apply that skill to then create a high level of achievement. So that's really what I'm looking for. Um, in addition to that, and I'm going to come back and explain how you might see this, but second thing is it's a relationship. So I want to have an associate who's somebody that I feel like I could go out for dinner with that I could have a coffee with that I wouldn't I'd enjoy hanging out with because if it's a relationship it's likely to be long term and I'm going to be looking at how they have been in other relationships so how do we look at how do we do this when we're looking to hire somebody um, 
people, I think interviews are a really shit way of looking at what somebody's attributes are like because in an interview we're on our best behaviour and we kind of know what the answer that somebody's looking for in a question. So I would prefer to have the opportunity to observe somebody over a long period of time and so most of the associates that I have had have worked for me when they've been students and so I can see in a work context how they are, how they behave when they don't feel like they're being assessed necessarily. Um, that isn't a luxury that everybody has. So the next best thing is I look to their previous behaviour for evidence of a growth mindset and or grit to see is this somebody who already is expressing that. So it might not be in areas related to chiropractic, although it's helpful if it is. So if I am looking to employ somebody, I might look at, well, what seminars have you done? And so at a bigger picture, them going to lots of seminars shows me that they are looking to grow. They are open to the, to the idea of change and growth and achievement. And if they have been to a series of seminars and then they're part of a practice group that meets to regularly practice the skills, then that's going to score even higher points from me. Um, a couple of other things I really like are if they've the previous jobs that they've worked in have they stayed at a job for a, a long period of time which to me shows that they can maintain a longer relationship but they can also kind of work at something for a while um, just a little aside there I actually love seeing when people have worked at McDonald's on a resume because it's a really tough job and there's also backed into it quite a lot of training and development so if somebody stays at McDonald's for a long period of time they're able to, they've got the grit, they've got that uh, ability to stick at something and get better uh, at it. I also look to um, that the idea, we've spoken a lot about it in terms of lifestyle value um, for clients, that we invest our free time in things that we think are important. So um, in this context, I look to see, well, what have they done with their free time? What are the things that they have invested their time, energy, emotional resources in um, that show that they have essentially done the, uh, passed the marshmallow test um, that Grit speaks to, where they put effort in over a long period of time for some later gain. So in this area, I like where people have played a difficult sport for a period of time so they've been part of a rowing crew or they've done cross-country running or they've uh, achieved a certain level of, um, of uh, selection in a sport so um, the I value people who have been uh, part of a team sport and then they've contributed in other areas either leadership roles or they've coached younger kids or those sort of things um, the so they are all things that I would look at in terms of previous behavior in an in a potential associate to say yeah this is somebody who is exhibiting that twin thing of a growth mindset and or grit so what would show up as being somebody who has a growth mindset? Well, they're going to embrace those challenges. So they're going to be people who will step up and do 
the go for a higher level team in a team sport. They're going to persist in the face of setbacks. Um, a big one is how people deal with criticism. And so when I have people who are working uh, with us as students, a big badge of um, whether they have a growth mindset is if people, when I, we say, oh, look, that, you know, the way that you explained that wasn't quite the way that we'd recommend, if they embrace that feedback and learn from it, then that's a real positive. If they're just defensive and defend why they did it the way they did it, that tells me, okay, you're, you're feeling like you're being attacked because we're giving you feedback. And that tends to be more aligned with a fixed mindset, which is not something that I want to get involved in. So if we look at the summary of today's episode, there's lots of people who need chiropractic, there's lots of people who need you, and so there's an environment where if you have a high level of skill as a chiropractor, as a communicator of chiropractic, then success is there for you to grow into. The core thing that it's going to take is an attitude first of all a growth mindset a, a belief that working that you can be better at stuff that with effort you can improve your level of skill and that your level of skill is determined a little bit by your talent but more so by the effort that you apply over a long period of time because that effort compounds its impact. It improves your level of skill, and as you apply that skill over time that with effort, that's going to create achievement. So in terms of areas that you might choose to work on in a communication domain, I would strongly encourage you to look at your ability to deal with situations when they're uncomfortable and there's resources both within the podcast and in the daily interaction uh, sorry the difficult situations workshop that will help you in that regard and if you're looking to hire an associate i'd strongly encourage you to look less at are they a great adjuster now and more to have they got the attitude that growth mindset and the grit to become a great adjuster a great communicator and a great chiropractor within your practice. If you like today's episode, then you will love the Retention Recipe 2.0. It's an online workshop that is broken into 33 lessons and has over seven hours of content, which will teach you to confidently communicate the value of proactive chiropractic in the first 12 visits. So if we want to have long-term retention, if we want people to stay with us for months, years, and reap the really amazing health benefits that happen with long-term chiropractic care, we need to set the foundation for that in the first 12 visits. So the approaches in the retention recipe 2.0 are based on state-of-the-art influence strategies that are effective, ethical, and they're enjoyable to use. They will help you to have more fun, less stress, and increase your retention, which means more practice growth and less always being on the hunt for new people. Check it out in the link in the show notes.